0: On today's show, me and Swipa are going to talk, maybe even debate about whether the Nuggets are going to have more or less pressure on them now that they have a championship. We're going to prioritize who needs to have a good year this year versus who maybe could afford to have a down year. And then lastly, we're going to look at the top MVP candidates and decide, do these guys all have a case or is this Jokic locked up before we even play a game? All that and more on Locked on Nuggets.
1: You are locked on Nuggets. Your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up, everybody, and welcome into the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Matas, and I'm joined by my new co-host, first time doing the two-man game,
1: Swipe-A-Cam. What's up, Swipe-A? Man, we living. It's a great day, Adam. I'm very, very glad to be here. I can't wait for this discussion. You know, this is one of my favorite subjects to get into. Of
0: course, man, and we are only everybody nine days away from media day. Feels a little crazy. Maybe it's ten days actually. Well, but by the time you're hearing this on Friday, it'll be nine days away. It all gets real. We're basically going to have one more full week of, of get, wrapping up, putting a bow on this off before the storylines just uh, you know fall right in our lap. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. But today, I want to talk about something I've been thinking about a lot. My default position is to think that once you get a championship, when you're a player like Jokic. Or Jamal or Michael Malone or even Michael Porter. There's a pressure on you to get over the hump and get a title. After that, the next pressure for like your legacy, if you care about those things or whatever, it almost becomes abstract. How many can you win? Not can you win two, not can you win three. It's just how many. And that becomes, it's in my mind, a little bit of a lesser pressure. But I'm curious what you think, Swipe. But do you feel this year the Nuggets are going to play? and especially approach the season, meaning come into the beginning of the season with no pressure, less pressure, or do you think it'll be the same as years past?
1: You know what's interesting about that question is, typically in NBA history, when you win that first one, it takes all of the angst off of you because now you've already yeah. done it, and you've figured out how to win. And I think for the Nuggets, you know, again, you got to realize, like, and I know you know this better than anybody, Jamal Murray 26, Jokic's 28, Gordon 28, and then now Porter's 25. Like they're all very young, and you know, really, they're all still ascending to some degree, which is crazy. So I think that the core, because they've won so early, and they're all tied in together for the next couple of seasons, I think that this year is probably going to be the most dominant that they've been able to play. But I just think the pressure is not going to be there. I think a lot of this is is that because they've done it and at the highest of levels, and they literally have executed when sixteen and four in a playoff run. Now it's like not only. Do we not have pressure? But now we know for a fact that we can blitz you whenever we want. And so I actually think that there's not going to be as much pressure, but that's just because for them, everything's already been done. They've already accomplished one of the goals. Now it's just about executing that on a game-by-game basis, month-by-month, and then getting into the playoffs and making sure you're ready to roll.
0: You have to imagine they're more confident, right? You get it done, you know you can do it. Nobody can ever take that from you. So you have to imagine you have more confidence. And I would agree that I think the pressure, here's what I'll say. the nuggets, I don't think, ever reached the point of pressure. If they didn't win last year, I think this year you start to look around and go, like, like, okay, we're not really behind schedule, but at the same time, man, we don't have that many. you never know what can happen, you know, these things fall apart quickly. So I think that in that way they have less pressure. But here's the other thing that's true about them, and you know this very well. Nobody was paying attention to the nuggets. Nobody. What do they have? 30 televised games this year, nationally televised games. They're coming in with a target on their back in terms of they're the number one team. So I think there's going to be less pressure initially. I think they're going to approach the season a little light and loose. It mm-hmm. could go either way. They could be too light and they get off to a bad start and the, the, all this or that. But I think that early on this year is going to feel different because
1: they're a marquee team for the first time ever, especially
0: in ever. this era. Yeah. They're
1: a marquee team. Well, let me ask you this, Adam. So when you say come in a little light, so are we talking about 29th-ranked defense in the M.A. <laughs> light? Or, or are we saying that they're coming in light like we don't have anything else to prove, but we're just going to kind of roll into the season and get our grind and gears together? Here's what I love about you saying this is
0: I've done this three or four times myself this offseason where you sit there and you go, I'm just worried about that bench. And then you go, hold on, worse than last year? I'm just worried about that defense. Wait, worse than last year? Like, you're right, man. They did get off to a horrible start just like last year, and they won the title. So this year, if you're worried about them coming in unfocused,
1: is it be worse than last year? You remember Media Day last year when Michael Malone said he wanted them to be a top-five defense, and they proceeded to be a bottom-two defense. So I guess for you – By the
0: way, I knew on Media Day they were going to be a bottom-two defense. (laughs) When Yoke Yoke was asked the question and he was like, nope, he was like, all right, well – (laughs) Michael Malone too Michael Malone I'm sure was like watching the presser back behind closed doors and like damn it okay
1: so yeah I guess for you with how well you know this team and, and this group of players um knowing Jamal and Yoke and MPJ and AG do you feel like for them as the leaders that what tone are you expecting from them based on what you know about them maybe coming into the year
0: Well, first of all, I always want to say that, you know, my relationship to those guys is one of where I observe them, you know, so I don't want to pretend like I I, I can ask Jokic that question. He's going to give me an answer, but it's not, he's not going to open up his heart to me, but nonetheless, I do get to be around them and make observations, this or that. I will say, I think Aaron Gordon, I think it was underrated how much pressure he faced against the Warriors, because Mm -hmm. again, it doesn't translate to television. But Draymond Green was trying to go at him and trying to break him mentally. And I thought he answered the – I even in that series, I thought he did a great job. But I think Draymond yeah. sensed weakness in A.G. I think A.G. Yeah. has sort of hinted about this, by the way, throughout the year. He's dropped little things where he's talked about, hey, this was actually hard for me. I've had to work on my mental resolve or this or that. And I'm not saying it's because of Draymond. I just think maybe he recognized in himself that, hey, this is going to be a thing. To win a title, I'm going to have to perform under pressure. And I think he mastered that. I think for a player like Aaron Gordon, though, this year, he might be a guy who benefits the most from that. He won a title, and he was a huge piece of it. He probably, Draymond Green talks to him and tells him he's a loser, this or that. He's probably like, bro, come on.
1: So I guess with that then, too, because the first two games for Aaron Gordon in that Warrior Series were not great. But then, Adam, I remember you talking uh, about this. Aaron Gordon didn't have a great playoff run for Denver yet. Remember the, mm. the Portland series, you could say, he was you know pretty good, but obviously Dame Little was cooking him, you know, whatever else. And then obviously versus the Suns, he couldn't do anything with Devin Booker, couldn't right. do anything with CP3, Mikael Bridget. So, it, and then the Warriors series happened. So, we were all wondering if he had it inside of him. And then obviously, you know, the car, Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler matchup, he just went to another level. So I guess for you, do you feel like, let me ask you this. Do you think that Aaron Gordon benefits most from the confidence boost that he got through the playoffs and now he's able to go into the year maybe uh, another level better than what he was?
0: Man, this is a fun one because you sit there and go, Murray didn't lack confidence before. (laughs) Like that guy I think is the one guy on the team that's like just doesn't get rattled. Pressure, he steps up. I think Jokic, this is weird to say, Jokic is like a 9.9 out of 10 in this. I think he's very even killed or whatever. But even he, we've seen in moments where he could get, I don't want to say rattled, but you could tell it's like, hey, this is hard. He had to lock in. There were moments in the playoffs where you're like, hey, you could tell us. I do think it gets easier for even a player like Jokic yeah. this year. But I do agree that I think for Aaron Gordon, it probably is the single player who most, I would guess, again, this is my my observation, I would guess that he probably has the most like, Uh, unburdened feeling from getting this title and I don't know that necessarily he has the skill level to elevate his game to something we haven't seen other than marginally here or there like you know slightly better shooter slightly better whatever this or that but I do think from a confidence standpoint we're probably going to get the most confident ag ever
1: what do you think his ceiling is like well I guess when you say that and as you think about the game because I've also heard you talk about Christian Brown like you know you said you feel like you know what kind of player he could be do you feel like AG's ceiling? Like, when I'm looking at him, I feel like the, the highest version of Aaron Gordon is probably like a Pascal Siakam, like a great creator, a playmaker. I mean, but again, Pascal's better than AG. So, like, I guess where do you kind of see him, like, in terms of his ceiling getting? Do you feel like he's just going to become better at the marginal things or he actually can be, like, demonstrably better in terms of maybe a DPOI candidate or a very much improved offensive player as a whole?
0: I mean, I think for AG, first of all, when you say Siakam's a better player, my thing with better when you talk about that type of player, it's almost mm-hmm. less about who's better. It's more about AG is in the right role for what he does, and now he's right. You know, can what you know he's perfect at that. I think the areas he can get better, he could become a more confident shooter, especially from the corners. I think guys like AG just mm-hmm. need to pick a spot or two. I don't think they're guys that need to work their way around the arc and be good from everywhere. Most of your shots are going to come on very specific actions in a specific moment. So I think he can become a more confident and consistent shooter. And I think defensively, I would have said in April of last year that he could become a better defender. Like he's a really good one. Is he elite? But I think that what having watched the playoffs, I think he's an elite defender who just has physically, he can't do that for too long. So to me, I really just think it's on the margins, the little stuff he does better free throw shooting, better three point shooting, more impactful defender, 82 games. But I just know he'll be that for the 16 games.
1: Yeah, I, that's probably the other thing, too, is like his free throws felt absolutely off last season. So if he can get that back around 77 percent on the year, that's going to make him that much more effective as a player, because now obviously he's playing bully ball inside. The fact that he's shooting near 80 percent from the line, that's just going to put so much pressure on the defense. And again, and Adam, you remember this. He started the year off. You shooting 40 percent from three. Yeah. He was doing really well, but then he tailed off. Like, But again, if AG, if he can, for real, 77% from the line, 38% from three, I feel like now we're having a, a different conversation about his overall effectiveness. And to your point, those are marginal things. That's just kind of shooting variant. And then on top of that, right. your free throw rate and execution. That right there can make him that much better of a player.
0: Aaron Gordon's three point shooting really doesn't move things much unless you talk about him becoming a 40%. I think it's guys that shoot two or three threes a game. When we talk about the difference between 33% and 35%, we're talking like one or two threes total all season. In your head it feels like a lot, but really it's like one or two threes over the course of a season that are going to bump it up. But I'm with you, just those little margins and then more than anything, you know, his confidence and stuff in the playoffs, I do think will will go up a whole other level. But here's one area I didn't mention earlier and I've I've done this fan fiction over at DNVR on on that show. Jokic becoming more of a coach, a player coach is one way that Aaron Gordon can have an even better year because he's the so one guy that I feel also
1: asks for Jokic.
0: Yeah, I just feel like Aaron Gordon will listen to anything Jokic tells him and I feel like Jokic could probably pick more spots to be like, "Hey, let's work on this thing. Here's what we're going right. to do here." And A.G. just to me would be like, he seems like the guy that would be awesome. What else you got for me? And I mm-hmm. my fan fiction in my head, seeing these guys in Serbia for so long, I'm like, maybe that's the bond that is really developing this summer that it's like those two are going to be even on a more of a wavelength going forward in ways that we actually start to notice as the year gets here.
1: Yeah. What if what if what if? uh Aaron Gordon ends up being the the single strongest lifeline between Jokic and Serbia and the United States. <laughs>
0: <laughs> could be, man. Well, think about this. Right now, Murray Jokic two man game. That's the best two man game there is. Aaron Gordon Jokic might be number two, but the fact that we say might—that's what I mean yeah. about Aaron Gordon taking an upgrade. We could by next year be like, oh no, it's easily Aaron Gordon Jokic number two. Like that's a two. That's a legitimate two man game because they have this chemistry. I just think it's a little bit on the table um, and we'll see what happens. All right, on the other side, I want to talk about what would we prioritize? Who would we prioritize to have a good season? If you could pick one person to say they're going to have a very good season, who would it be? First, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel. Football season is is here. It's already kicked off. Broncos season might already be over, actually. The only way you can enjoy the Broncos at this moment, and I say this as a Broncos fan, might be through betting on FanDuel. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get a bonus bet every time they win in the regular season. So you want to pick a team that's probably going to rack up a lot of regular season wins. Um, Baltimore, maybe. Maybe you want to pick Baltimore. Maybe you want to pick the Cowboys if you're the worst person on earth. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. You'll get those bonus bets for every victory you use the bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. We'll be right back with more locked on nuggets. All right, back here, segment two locked on nuggets podcast, Adamata's swipe a cam. All right. I like this question because I think it's fun. Now, If we assume everybody has the same year as last year, 10% worse or 10% better, and you're just going to kind of snake draft the entire team. So you have to give even distribution to each. 10% worse, 10% better, exact same. Who would be your first pick to have a 10% better season in 2024?
1: Oh gosh, there's so many options here. Uh, I think number one, I feel like it has to be Michael Porter Jr. Okay. Like, I think a 10% better version of Michael Porter Jr. basically becomes a borderline all star. So, think about this a 10% better playmaker, 10% better passer. Well, first 10% of all, he averages better, one assist a game. So, 10% better
0: passers. So, one, so one, one, one,
1: point, one <laughs> point, one assist. <laughs> but he doesn't average. Uh, I think he still averages less than one turnover a game, too. So, it right. shows you there how it's you know. used. You know what I mean? So, I think a positive playmaker, I'll I'll say that. I think that if he is a better remember that 1920 version uh when Jamal went down, yeah. he averaged like 23-7 and shot. He was like 50, yeah, 50, 50, and, and 80 basically. What if Porter is almost there? Like, what if he gets back to that point because his efficiency is crazy? He was already the best spot up shooter in the NBA last year. Okay, what if he's even better? What if he's better cutter and driver? And there was that one point in the in the in the playoff where he was shooting 83% on drives in the playoffs at one point. So Whoa, was this? Wait, time. what year was this? This year? This this year. Yeah, this is the Timberwolves, the Temporal Series. This was during the temporal yeah. series. Because you know, I'm I'm a MPJ truther, so I track all this stuff, right? So <laughs> what what if he's able to do that at a high enough rate to where it's making an actual difference, like a 10% difference in the offense because he's that much more committed to doing those kinds of things, and all of a sudden Porter. Takes that massive frame and all that athleticism and talent. And then he's like, all right, booming it into a 27 and two guy. I think that sh- fundamentally changes the nuggets and the conversation surrounding the team and whether or not like this is the clear repeat champion. By the way, in the
0: chat, let us know if you're watching here live on our YouTube channel. One of the more fun ways you can watch the show and follow along because you can be interactive. Let me know who your number one pick for a 10% better season would be. I love that you're with me on MPJ Island on this because. I think the right answer is Jamal Murray. I just like Yokes. We know y- Yoke can't really be knock on word, he really can't be worse, right? Like he we know what he is. Does he have it like 10% worse for Jokic feels impossible? He's just too good, too consistently a great player. By the playoffs next year, we're just gonna have Jokic. I don't care what it's just gonna be great Yoke. If you get a 10% better Murray, I do feel like 10% better Murray is a legitimate one two punch, which it is in the playoffs already. But then it's like, okay, we're talking about two top twenty players, two top fifteen players, whatever it is. So I, for me, I think the right answer is Jamal. But if I were, but I kind of want to go with you and say MPJ because I think it's the more fun answer. I'm with you in that MPJ. The we almost don't talk about his upside anymore because he's twenty five. You kind of right. stop talking about upside, but I still feel like it's there that the the upside of Michael Porter is still this player that is it well, just breaks well, the
1: game. Hold on. Jason Tatum's 25. We keep talking about his upside since he was 19 years old. So, this is the year, though. I'll bet you people stop, though. I think, I think, Jason Tatum, (laughs) this is the you're right about that. We always make the joke at DNVR that he's only 19, you guys. (laughs) Well, I think here's the thing, though. I think, uh, I think Porter has clear things he could be better at. And I think he, let me ask you this so, among the big four, does he have the most obvious things that he can improve on through like work and through developing his IQ? Yes, but
0: only because Jamal Murray is such a weird, a weird person
1: to say this on. Jamal Murray
0: has all the tools he needs; he just doesn't always deploy them or seem to have them at his disposal.
1: But the playoffs, he always does. Right. So, uh, I think, by the way, a ten percent worse Joker would just be honest. By the way, but anyway. We to <laughs> so, all right. What about if? Let me ask you this: because the, the reason, because when you said ten percent, that number threw me off. Because there's somebody I wanted to say, but I was like. What is 10% better than this player?
0: I, I, just, I just come on, right, you know what right. I mean. It's
1: like a little <laughs> yeah. bit better, a little bit worse. How do you feel about Peyton Watson?
0: Oh man, that one is funny because at the moment he's a zero. So this That's is what a I'm weird saying. math problem: 10% of zero <laughs> is zero. Um Peyton Watson's a good one because it still works. You're just saying maybe it's 10% above expectation, and expectation would be not the fan expectation, which I think is inflated, more of like whatever Christian Brown was last year, that sort of expectation didn't play much until December. Didn't really play a lot until March, February, March. So I feel like that might be more 10, percent of that, 10% above that, or, or maybe even just at that level.
1: What if he is slightly better than what Christian Brown was last year? Do you think this is real? Let me, so let me explain this. So I mean, it. I'm being genuine about this. It's not like, I think when you hear Kevin Durant and Paul George and the rest of the players talk about him, and even if you, kind of look at his totality of his career the last four years in high school to college to now i don't think like think about it even his his his, his body you don't typically get long rangy six foot eight seven foot wingspan athletes unless you're sure. getting a jd mcdaniels you're getting a peyton watson you're getting a herb jones trey murphy those players typically become high level something yeah. they just have a body function that allows for them to do it and on top of that You know, I think we might have talked about this before. The fact that Calvin Booth said the thing that he loved most about Peyton is his IQ. For me, I think if you put all that together, I think that – I think Peyton Watson is going to be an absolute dynamite defensive player. Now, I think it's going to be kind of like a – not going to be necessarily like your on-ball, like great lockdown in front of you defender, but just a help defense, his rotation – You know, deflections in the lanes, rim protection, that kind of stuff. I think if he's able to bring just a little bit more to even what Christian Brown got last year, then you got Peyton Watson and Christian Brown and whatever. And at that point, you kind of like have a really strong seven. Like how many people, how many teams in the NBA would have a stronger seven than that, you know? If you have
0: Peyton Watson, because you're right. The thing about Peyton Watson that's so enticing is it's so hard to find a wing. There's just not that many of them, and when you have one, like I love Jaden McDaniels, but the truth is he's not that good. He just has an incredible body, right? No, I mean he's great. What I'm saying is he's not like the most skilled player in the world, but because his measurables and everything else, it's like, all right, it's all there for him, and that's how I feel with uh, with Peyton Watson. It's hard to find six nine seven foot wingspan. That's just so hard. So if you can dribble and shoot and rotate and move and all those play in the open court automatically your floor is like a really really good player it's the same with Herb Jones like Herb Jones not exactly a super skilled player but he's got a great defense great length and then everything else you get a long runway for so for me that Peyton Watson <laughs> he's hard because again we don't have a baseline for what a little bit better than expectation is because what's expectation but you might be right that he might be the single biggest ceiling raiser for if we're not talking about Peyton Watson as a liability, if it's just like, oh, no, he's clearly a playoff-caliber player, yeah. then the Nuggets are in
1: such great shape. Let me ask you this, too, because this is just one of your guys. What is a 10% better version of Zeke Nagy? He's another tough one. I think the 10% better
0: for Zeke Nagy is really just first year of Zeke Nagy. It, you know, with With all of the development physically and everything else, but a guy that shoots 40% from three, yeah. Um, and then just does everything else, you know, at an adequate level. For me, I've always said Zeke, to me, the number one area he has to grow and he needs to make a huge leap this year is he needs to learn the game better. I just think he's a very, in basketball, some people are fast thinkers, some are slow. I think he's a slow thinker and a lot of that is reps. But I'm hopeful that this year early on, we're not seeing Zeke in the wrong spots or not knowing what to do with the ball or traveling because he just is getting sped up. To me, that him not doing those things would be the 10%.
1: And I even think 10% better Zeke is less for Aaron Gordon. You know, Aaron Gordon doesn't have to play that small ball five, maybe in a regular season if, if we're not. At all. not yeah. Good. Yeah. And then even in the playoffs, like what if Zeke Naji is a playable player in a playoff setting? And I'm talking about like eight minute stretches, right? Right. That takes so much off of Joker, off of MPJ, and off of AG. And so if he's able to be a good rebounder, good shooter, and he's a good switch defender then Aaron Gordon, hey, we don't need you playing 48, 42 minutes a game. You could be at 36, 38, and that way we're even managing your minutes a little bit better, and that way you're fresher with the starter. So I think he has the potential to do that. I am just, of all the players we talked about so far, I'm probably the least hopeful that that would happen just because of kind of where he's been in his career.
0: Yeah. Zeke definitely, to me, feels I, – I feel like I know what we're going to get out of Zeke this year. I think it's going to be good because I think Zeke is good. I think he'll yeah. be – knock on wood more healthy than before than seasons past. Cause playing, I think playing consistently actually lessens your odds of, of an injury. Um, Peyton Watson is the one to me where it's not that I'm out on him. It's not that I'm down on him or low on him. It's just that I don't like to get ahead of myself with a player unless I feel really confident that I see it. like Joker early on. I was like, I see it, man. I'm telling you yeah. it's there with him with Murray. I didn't see it. And I was, and obviously he was that guy, but I didn't want to say it just to say it on hope. And that's how I am with Peyton. I just haven't seen enough for me to pay, say, "Oh, this guy's going to be what I want him to be."
1: Well, can I let me ask you this? Um, even the stress you saw when he played uh, the Suns, uh, the Rockets, and then that really that Utah stretch, right? the Warrior stretch, you talking Peyton Watson. I mean, do you have anybody else in mind that you've seen on in a Nuggets journey that was that young, that was able to have that much of a of an impression defensively? You know what I mean? As a rookie, like I guess, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like. In all the players that I've watched come through the Nuggets system, I can even say that I just haven't seen somebody with that little amount of time have that much of an impact defensively at, at that young of an age. You know, have, have
0: we seen a wing player? What's the young wing player that's come through? Bulbul? <laughs>
1: Uh, probably a Tyler Lydon. No. Um, yeah, you're right.
0: It's Wancho. It's Tyler Lydon. So the, the answer right. is yes. Like, right, <laughs> that's the lowest possible bar to have to clear. And that's all I'm kind of getting at here is the things with, uh, with Peyton that, that give me pause are, one, I want to see what kind of focus and competitiveness and those types of things there are because it's just, again, we have he hasn't been in position to really show me those things. But I want to see it. Is he a dog or is he kind of a finesse defensive player? I want to see that. Um, and then... You know, you want to see offensively what what is his skill set and how does it translate, and then defensively is that execution. Because to me, Christian Brown is an elite execution defensive player Mm -hmm. and, like, a good playmaking defensive player. I think Peyton Watson is a great playmaking defensive player, but I'm not sure if he's a good execution defensive player yet. I just don't know. We're going to have to see him.
1: Which one do you think is more important for the team?
0: Uh, there's no question to me it's it, it's like executing the game plan it's not making when you're on a championship team mistakes are worse than like positives you just can't right. then positives are good you can't make mistakes and that's the thing for me is I want to see I think Malone gives him a longer runway than he gave Christian Brown just be by virtue of what the roster has you know available but by Christmas I hope he's not a guy that we're constantly once twice three times a game noticing like That's his rotation. He messed it up. Or his guy just got an offensive rebound because he stopped playing. Those are the types of things that rookies typically do kind of frequently. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, it's never too early to talk MVP. We're going to talk about the MVP candidates this year and why they will or won't stay in the top upper echelon of the MVP race all year long. Alrighty. Final segment here. Locked on Nuggets podcast, little Friday edition Adamatas, swipe a cam guys. I hope you're enjoying this new lineup with Matt, myself and swipe a different combinations every single night. We got you covered. And unlike last year or previous seasons, you know, you're going to have a, an episode every single day. Nuggets five times a week. I think you're going to all enjoy that. All right. Swipe. You looked up on FanDuel the order of MVP candidates from top to bottom. Who is the number one, according to Fandle, the number one MVP candidate?
1: Uh, Number one is Nikola Jokic with plus 430 odds at number one. It sucks because plus 430 is just good enough that I feel like like
0: the MVP should be a long shot. I think my first Jokic MVP was like 30 to 1. I think
1: I got odds at that. 4 to 1. It's good, man. Yeah. It's a rookie it his the second year after he won his first. He went into the season a plus 2,200 coming into the year, which was After the wildest one. thing of all time. Yeah, it was, it was insane, and everybody cashed out that year. So then number two with Giannis Antetokounmpo, a plus five. All right, we'll stay there. Let's stay with Giannis real quick.
0: Do you think he has the second best chance or a top two chance of finishing an MVP? Do you see
1: a world in which he's just actually not an MVP candidate this year? No, but the thing is... Uh, Adam, I don't know if you've noticed, his games played has decreased each of the last three seasons. He what is, do you mean? He, he played 63 games last year, I believe. Oh, so, okay. So, Embiid played more games than he did last season. Every year, Giannis has been dealing with injuries more frequently, and now he's dealing with a knee injury coming into the season and coming into training camp. So, I think, yes, he will be because he's Giannis, and no one gets – never mind. Giannis will absolutely – have an opportunity to win because I think Giannis is consensus top two player in the league for most people. I think the Bucks are going to have a good, really good regular season record. They're probably going to have the number one record, if not in the NBA, in the East to start the year off. And so I just think everything kind of builds itself to Giannis having another 30, 10 and five season. I think this would be his fifth straight 30, 10 and five season. that will have, and he's going be a DPOY candidate, like all that stuff put together. I think he's probably going to be a clear number two. I just don't know if he actually has the second best odds. Yeah he's going to be there because of the things you said. Milwaukee, I, I just would be
0: surprised if Milwaukee's not a top team. They have a lot of talent. They're going to be a top team, and that's one of the prerequisites or at least you know one of the main things that puts you in that that category. And I do think his numbers, like, I don't think he scores 30 a game this year. He has for the last two seasons, and he did f- four seasons ago. He was at 29.5. I wouldn't be surprised if he was at, like,
1: 27, 28 this year just by virtue of, like, do they need it from him?
0: And well, he he's done it for be- the
1: last few years. Well, oh, he's the best transition player in the league. He's led the NBA in transition, I think, each of the last four years. So, like, is that going to change, do you expect? I mean, part of this, I think, last year was just
0: them being shorthanded. I mean, this is the same thing with Jokic. The same rationale we apply to Jokic, I'm applying to Giannis. Yeah. I think you have to try to score 30. I don't think you just play the game and score 30. You have to try. It's the same with Yoke. What was his highest scoring season of his career? 1. Yeah, and when was it? No Murray, right? No right. Porter. He had to do it. So I just think with Giannis this year, he's not going to have to. I don't think he's going to come down like Yoke. It's 24 range, but I think he'll be at like 28. But nonetheless, you're right. I think he deserves to be in there. I definitely think he is. Do you think he's the number one competition for Yoke?
1: Mm-hmm. Man, that's nope. so tough. Don't say who if you have another one. So you think it's mm-hmm. like Nippy. Uh No, I, I don't think it's going to be him. Okay. Gonna All be right. Him. Let's keep going down the list then. We'll find out who it is that that Swype thinks. So number three is Luka Doncic. He's a plus 650. So this is the first year in the last four years, Adam. He's not been the prohibited favorite coming into the year. Really? Yes. (laughs) Wow. He's The last three years, he was a prohibited favorite coming into the season.
0: Okay. 32 points last year, eight and a half rebounds, eight
1: assists. Do you feel like he is? Is he your top candidate to contend? If he's a top four seed, yes. If he's a top four seed, the numbers are going to be there, and so I think yes, because now it's going to say they're going to, even though he has Kyrie, you know, they're going to be like we're well, carrying this roster that's not great. And they got a couple of rookies on the roster: Josh Green, Grant Williams, Maxi Kleba, all this other stuff, and Luca's healthy. He's he's reinvigorated this year. You know, hey, he all looks thin. Drama. Looks thin. You know, like came that's off the of passionate Personal life turmoil last year that, you know, yeah.
0: what people might not know. So maybe that's gone.
1: Well, he played 66 games because of injury and because of the stuff you're talking about. So if all that stuff is done, Luca also realizes that you missed a playoff last year, dude. Like, you know, you don't want to do that again. So I do think Luca is going to be inspired this year. And you know what? You might get another 60, 20, 10 game out of Luca.
0: Right. Yeah. He does his numbers. I do. Here's what the case for Luca. His numbers are going to be great just because, even in his worst year, they were great numbers. He's going to have great numbers. And I think that his one off game number there's like what you average, and then there's you turn on Sports Center and you're like, Luca had what? And it's 60, 12, and 12, or something like that. Like you're saying, I think Luca will beat Jokic in those. I don't know about raw numbers, but I just think he'll have more 45 point triple double. Oh my gosh, 20 assists. Like he'll have more of those games right. and those stick in people's minds the thing I wonder is unlike Jokic and I think fairly so I don't think Luka can win it as a five or six seed and I don't and I whether it's fair or not I don't think he can do it because they missed the playoffs last year
1: well and on top of that too again for context as you're obviously astutely aware of this the year Jokic did it the Sixers won 51 games right, right. and number two and then yeah. Giannis, they fell from the first seed to the third seed or they right. well that was your so like those your before so i'm saying like there were But it reasons. wasn't a, it wasn't a huge gap yeah you were saying right. like that argument was always like come on two wins right if if, Giannis, if if Embiid had won 54 and Jokic had won 48 then i think that would have changed things right. that's just whatever so i think for luca you're right i think if if Jokic just the one seed i me just put this be very clear if Jokic is the one seed I'm willing to bet. I'm, I'm Adam. I'm telling you this right now, and you can stake our friendship on it. If he's the one seed and he's averaging 25, twelve, and ten again, or twenty six, twelve and ten, yeah. take. I want you to take a loan out on DNBR. I want you to <laughs> take it, and I want you to place a bet, just all of the entire ownership rights you have in bet on it, because he is not right. losing it the second year in a row.
0: Yeah, uh, I. I mean, I'm curious, man. These things all feel true before a season goes, but a season is so long. There's so but, many narrative
1: twists and turns. But Adam, remember you, you said you the the look at how he's by the way look how I woke
0: him up. He's he's getting heated <laughs> with it right now.
1: But I you of all people said last year. You said two years ago there's no way he was going to win it, which could have, again based on like basketball stuff. But last year the three in a row. You were you said just. This is impossible. It's not happening. And we were right about that one. We were, this, we were this close. So I think for you, it's like, Adam, if you just put all the narrative stuff together, and I actually think this, let me ask you this. Do you think that who do you think has the most to benefit from the NBA narrative this year among the few? What a take swiper. What a take. Hold on a second. Is it wait, Are you
0: saying what I think you're saying, which is the NBA is better if Jokic wins an MVP, because it helps solidify the fact that we have a new face. It's like, no, man, we're in the Jokic era. That's easier to sell.
1: Yeah, and on top of that, the NBA watched as it sat on his hands while he was clearly being discombobulated in the open media circuit, and it was just this free-for-all against Jokic, and then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, Jokic then beat Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Jimmy Butler on the way to a title averaging 30, 13, and 10. I think right. what we're gonna have this year is oh, well, even even Bill Simmons. Remember, like he said last year, well, it looks better if history said Giannis has two, Jokic has two, and right. B has one. Yep. He yep. said, I'm probably gonna regret this the rest of my life, and then he did immediately. And then he did, yeah, by the playoffs, by second round, he was like, I regret this. What am I doing?
0: <laughs> You're right. He might he does have a good case for it. He does have a, a really I think he here, let me ask you this one on yoke. Do you think Last year, I think he didn't want it because he wanted the team accolades and this or that. And I think largely he doesn't care about individual awards. But he was willing to not be known as the baddest dude in the league last year by not playing all that hard or that well down the stretch. But this year, forget the MVP because I don't think he actually cares about the MVP. But I do wonder if this year he wants to carry himself like the baddest dude in the league, meaning – He doesn't want to let guys off the hook in March. He wants to send messages throughout the year that, hey, I'm actually better than you.
1: And when we get to the playoffs, remember this night in November that I did whatever I wanted. I think matchups, I think he cares about that stuff. I think in maybe season-long view, like I think maybe versus Anthony Davis or the Clippers, because he always plays well versus the Clippers, or maybe versus Memphis, or Versus the Bucs, he always plays well versus the Bucs. Again, if you look yeah. at the numbers, he's averaging a 30-point triple-double versus Giannis' last three matchups. Oh, maybe? Just a mistake? Who knows? Uh, the 76ers, well, that's that's the question. Is Will he take that matchup personally? Because he never does. He just truly, I don't think, cares about that matchup because I think for him, it's like, it's just another game. So I think there will be some matchups he'll want to imprint his will. But I, don't, I can't say that in March, right before the playoff, that Joker's going to be like, let me let everybody know about what they're about to catch on to that come playoff time, you know.
0: Yeah. Let me real quick before we – I want to finish up with a couple more names here, but a little, little little, little buzz here. I would not be surprised if Damian Lillard trade happens in the next couple of days. We got media day coming up in a week. I kind of have a feeling that we're going to see it, and I'm even getting some text here um, about some movement here. Phoenix may be involved tangentially, by the way. Something like something- oh well just like a facilitator or something this or that so just something to kind of keep an eye on um all right let's keep going down the
1: list is there another player on here worth talking about so the last three the ones that all last three it's jason tatum plus 800 odds okay joe will be good they will be joe and b plus 850 and then you got shay Gilgis with the plus 1600 those are
0: your top. All right. Here's six. my first question for you. Do you think Drew Hanlon will be as vocal, caping for
1: his guys this year? Or yeah. do you think he was embarrassed from last year? And he's like, all right, you know what? I'll sit this one out. No, of course he will. And he's going to find, I think he'll be less, he'll be quieter on Joker. Yeah. I think for, he's going be he to be loud for him,
0: <laughs> What can he possibly say about Joker? Imagine, imagine, give me a Drew Hanlon tweet about Jokic. How does it go over if he throws one out this year about how he?
1: He's not the Jokic is averaging 15, 15, and 15, and yet the media is acting like he's doing something that's never been done before, you right. know, or something like that. It's going to be something they're giving him credit for last year when Embiid is averaging 35 <laughs> and 12 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Um, Tatum, I think, has a really good
0: chance just because yeah. I think the Celtics are, I don't want to say a lock, but they're as close to a lock as any team in the NBA to be a top three seed, to get that qualifier. Just the East is weak. Yeah. There's not that many good teams. They're deep. So I think that that part, that box was already checked. And he is spectacular. He has spectacular moments in this or that. So I think he's legitimately going to be in there. And while I think that Jokic losing last year sort of opens up for him to be, again, be a front runner as he should be for it, I do think there's just a natural desire to give it to the next guy, just in all sports. And so he might get a bump from that. But I I still, I could see him winning it, but I don't think he's the main contender personally. What do you think Shea Jokic has to do to win it? Have a better record than his team is likely to have. I mean, right now, if I told you the Thunder had a good season, like, hey, man, they were a little bit better than I expected, or they were better than I expected, how many wins is that?
1: Fifty-one. I think fifty-one feels comfortable. That's, that's like, a lot of wins. They won forty. That's, like a lot. Teams, that's what I'm teams, saying. That's...
0: Teams that win eleven more games than the previous season—it's actually super rare. Usually, it's only like LeBron went to Miami or something of that nature. Like a, but just regular team development. Eleven wins is super rare.
1: Well, that's what, remember, Phoenix did that when Chris Paul got there, and Chris Paul got fourth in MVP voting the next year. But, but they didn't get Chris Paul. They got I Jeff. know. Well, that's a big beast. Yeah. And then yeah, they also real. got a, uh, they got Carson at Car- is it, uh, Kate Carson Edwards? Carson hey, What is Carson or what is he? A? Yeah. So they got him. Yeah. I mean, they, they just have a really good team. So, you know, I think that's what you have to do.
0: <laughs> I don't see them winning enough games for him to be in it. And I don't see him getting it as a six seed. I just. What do, you think,
1: what do you think Embiid has to do to win it?
0: man that's a really good question I think it would be really hard for Embiid I think it would be really hard I think Embiid if he was considered concerned about individual accolades should go for defensive player of the year and to do that he would have to punt on a lot of offensive production he's not going to be a 33 point per game scorer and defensive player of the year I think if he wants to be that he could probably be it go for that one (laughs) And, and that's the right the best individual award he has a chance at
1: what do you think yeah I mean, they would have to have won like ten more games than the field. I feel like for him to get that award, I yeah. just don't know if I happening. think I've never I've never seen a narrative more set against a player who won an MVP than than I think what I'm seeing from Embiid right now.
0: Yeah, I think he I think Embiid's in for a weird year. They need to get off to a hot start, and he needs to get off to a hot start because if not, I do think that he is going to face some really really weird weird pressure. But is James Harden even going to be there? Like, how you know how are it they going to matter? Like wins? He doesn't have the excuse anymore. I'm, I mean, he's twenty nine, not that much time. Yeah. Like, is he thirty? He might
1: be thirty. Actually, no, he'll be he'll be thirty in March or something like that. Okay,
0: all right. Yeah, I was just saying he's not young, man. He's not a spring chicken. He's got to start doing some stuff here if he if he wants to win. That's it. So who do you, who was your number two? Who did you think was the number two candidate?
1: I think Luca. Luca.
0: I think that's a pretty, I think that's an interesting one. I'm curious to see if Dallas is that good in the regular season. They're just so volatile, but they might be. Yeah. And if so, his numbers, he does have that thing where he's going to have some crazy, crazy games. And I think that helps you a lot. All right. Yeah. Swipe him. Congrats on your first week at Lockdown.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's been really fun. Yeah. Definitely excited for the season. Excited for all the content we're going to make this year. Uh, everybody else, do us a favor. Hit that like button on the way out. If you haven't,
0: Open up your phone right now. Go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. We really appreciate it. It helps the show get discovered. It helps the sh- people know what the show's all about. So say something nice about me. Maybe say something nice about Swiper. Uh, and if you have to, say something nice about Matt Moore. Everybody else, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you guys next week on Locked on Nuggets.